1: So sometime like since our last year, it feels like a very long time ago, but it really wasn't, um, I was hanging out at a friend's house and we were asking a different friend why he hadn't shown up. Uh, and he was like, well, I'm busy with this, um, the aftermath of this uh, parade I was in. We're like, well, what are you talking about with the, you were in a parade? He's like, yeah, yeah um, uh, the town, ta- our town had a parade and my work, Uh, This is out on the Eastern shore of Maryland. Um, My work entered a float in the parade and we're like, all right, that's preposterous. And he's like, yeah, yeah." so I elected to be on the float. And we're like, this is getting more preposterous. Um, So then rather than continue to let us just accuse him of making things up and being ridiculous, he posted a screen grab from a recap of, I guess his town's town website, put a recap of the, um, parade uh to tell people oh you know this was our overall um best in show float blah 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 um no they did not win best in show uh but they did finish atop a list for most creative float Uh um their their float itself uh i mean he he showed us one photo and if they won most creative then this must have been just a a horrific parade um because the, the my friend had one of those costumes where you put the legs on and it looks like the pants look like something else. Like sometimes at Halloween you see, they look like a, um, like a Raptor or uh, an ostrich or something is one of those kind of things. His looked like an elf. So it made it look like he was riding on the uh, shoulders of a different elf. Um, and two of his other coworkers were dressed as elves themselves. Not very creative, just in three elves. I, I didn't see a float at all. It might've just been the three of them walking. So um, Jason,
2: what you're saying is we need to enter this parade next year and just crush it or,
1: or come in dead last with the least creative.
2: <laughs> um,
0: what would that be? Well, I mean, I, it, see, it sounds like norm is, core is not bland enough.
1: No, no. You, I think it would be much more difficult to get last in the creativity polling than uh first, you'd have um, to get
0: creative in ways but, to be not creative.
1: But but the real remarkable thing, and why I'm bringing it up on this show, um, is that third on the list of most creative floats uh, was something called QAC Goat Club. Okay, I like it. And he did not give us an explanation as to what the Goat Club did. I assume this is the Queen Anne's County Goat Club, but I don't know. I'm just making an assumption. Um, what do they do? What kind of goat club is this? Is this a club pro- propagated by and for goats? Or is it a club in honor of goats? Is it about goat rearing? Is it about uh, goat other goat concerns? I do not know. And apparently their float did not fill in the answers to any of that. Because the only thing he really gave us was like, yeah, I don't know what those guys do. Um, apparently it's part of but, the 4-H. But uh, whatever they are. I didn't want to ruin the mystery. Uh, I did not look into it at all. I just started um, imagining a situation in which the QAC Goat Club uh, has a creative but not as creative float uh, in a in a parade that apparently did not have any creative floats. <laughs> um, I assume that they just had. It was just like a man walking with a goat and waving to people, and that was third. So I, Out of I Apparently think... 72 floats. Wow. Seventy-two. That's uh which amazing. we assumed that there were four. Uh, that was one of our jokes to him. It was like, so you guys finished most creative. Were there four floats? He's like, no, no, no there were seventy-two. So
0: what was which the name a of the hyper muscular Shivas USA mascot? Oh uh Super Chiva. Super Chiva. If you like he would win most creative at this thing if QAC uh, Goat Club.
1: Am I getting this right? I might I might be forgetting his uh I use I think I followed the uh the account that they set up uh, on Twitter for the Chivas USA mascot, which was a astoundingly muscular and possibly futuristic goat. He had like an angular face. Chiva fighter. Eva fighter. That's it.
0: I was um, never going to get that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, he uh, looked
2: like you could. He would fight you.
1: He yes, yes. There was no doubt that Chivo Fighter was uh looking to intimidate you with with strength. Um, I think at one point, I, I they must have rebranded that. At one point, that was an account that was just out there on Twitter that. They had abandoned, like when Chivas USA went under, they were just like, all right, no one, no one paid any attention to this. So it was just there, um,
0: but I don't see it anymore. So I think someone finally did something about it. That's too bad. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Phil Buster, the Black and Red United and not oh. creative parade <laughs> podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Jason Anderson, Ben Bromley. We're all from blackandredunited.com where we write about soccer. DC United in particular and tonight we are uh, we're talking all DC United all the time. There has been a lot of things that have happened since we last recorded this show 27 years ago. Um by by that I mean 10 days. We we have uh two different uh player acquisition drafts that have happened that have, uh, I, I say player. Well, technically three. Drafts.
2: three. The waiver draft happened. Too. Oh yeah,
0: that's right. So three have happened. DC United lost players in two of them gained players in none of them. And, uh, there's another one coming. So, you know, buckle up. We're going to talk about all that in the first segment. The second segment will be all cake or death. We have 13 DC United players current and former. To get to uh, during Cake or Death. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a a long, hard slog. And we're here to do it for you, our listeners, whom we love. Before we do anything, though, Ben Bromley, what are you drinking, buddy?
2: I am having a nice, tall glass of Diet Dr. Pepper.
0: Okay, how many flavors are you getting?
2: Uh, I'm only getting like two or three.
0: That's why you got to get the real stuff, man. Full sugar.
2: I don't, I don't All need the, the flavors. flavors.
0: I forget how many flavors they're supposed to have. I don't 10? even remember 13. I don't know.
2: 25. I don't know. Don't, don't at me.
0: <laughs> please at him with Dr. Pepper takes. Please do this for me. Listeners at Ben. at please B-R-U Bromley? At,
2: please at Dr. Pepper or at <laughs> Papa John. Either one of those. Tell, tell them how many flavors there are. Give give Ben
1: as many Dr Pepper facts as you possibly can think of.
0: If you just tweet gifts of at him of no, uh, no, Forrest facts. Gump,
2: oh no, but- only facts.
0: There were so many Dr Pepper placements in Forrest Gump. Just tweet all of them and no, give only form at Ben. <laughs>
1: Wait, Adam, are you talking about many gifts or one extremely long GIF uh, that someone has lovingly assembled by acquiring the movie Forest Gump
0: and acquiring gift making software and then do going through the process from there? You know, I'm not going to limit myself or our wonderful listeners in their <laughs> okay. tormenting of men on, on the Twitter. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking?
1: Uh, I'm keeping it uh, extremely simple. Uh, I was thinking about doing something more complicated, but I am tired. So I took my trusty uh, Patron barrel select. I poured it into a glass
0: and I walked over here. How's that working out for you? It's good. It's helping. Good. I'm glad I I made a very simple uh, a drink. It is store-bought eggnog with uh, some brandy in it and then cinnamon and nutmeg grated on it. Last night... Um, As an early birthday uh, dinner, uh, my wife and I went out to dinner and we we stopped at the Tabard Inn in DuPont Circle for drinks first. And they have a Bolivian eggnog that was crazy good. It had this Bolivian brandy in it and uh, cloves were were grated on it and and mixed in throughout. And it was very good. Uh, The kind of thing you really can only drink one of and then you have to switch it up because
1: you'll just pass out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or, or have too much dairy and things that can potentially curdle dairy in your stomach at the same time. It's not, not a good situation to find yourself in, uh, when you're going to dinner and you know, for, for a birthday. So, uh, had one of those and I'm having kind of my own version of it tonight with what I had lying around the house. So that's me. Uh,
1: a friend of mine, uh, very recently shared some 1950s recipe for eggnog that he was thinking about making. But he was talking about well, why he was... Did no, uh, have No, but it was extremely thick, uh, almost yeah. to the point of being the consistency of jell <laughs> And that is why he was still thinking about making it and not actually following through, because he's like, look, I love eggnog. I want to make this, but also, like, is it worth the time because I'm going to drink half of this and then fall asleep on the couch? I don't know.
2: The 1950s just sounds like an abomination of foodstuffs.
1: It was a, a strange and unpleasant time. I think we can agree.
0: The vision I mean, of the future in the there. 1950s, it turns out to have been completely dystopian. Yep. <laughs> and that, that is how they wanted to be. Um, they didn't know they wanted to be dystopian, but they did. Um, I have a friend who makes eggnog in a giant punch bowl for, for Christmas parties from time to time. And it is very thick and you, you have one of them and then you try to stay awake for the rest of the party and it doesn't always work. <laughs>
2: What's the benefit of this? Well, I mean, the party
1: is not one you want to be at.
0: Ooh, then you just these, these parties down your eggnog
1: and fall asleep, and people are like, "Well, he had the eggnog."
0: Yeah, these parties are generally pretty fun, but um, yeah, they the eggnog. I mean, it it becomes a strength of or a test of will to to stay awake. You, mm-hmm. you drink I'm other I'm, to, I'm in my 30s now. I'll just go to sleep. These were when we were in our 20s. So I, I, he was older. He might have been in his 30s, though. He just wanted the young people to fall asleep and to get on his level. Is he Krampus? I
1: kind of yeah. like a challenge of of, of drinking uh, an eggnog uh, that, you know, is designed to just slow you down to the point you fall asleep and seeing how long you can carry on uh, in an appropriate party fashion, socializing and whatnot uh, before you eventually just run out of gas and I assume fall asleep in the corner. Jason at his feats
2: of strength.
0: (laughs) It is the season. You, you have the airing of grievances and then this is one of the tests of strength.
1: Yeah. So you can last long enough. Uh, who, who can stay awake the longest on, uh, some sort of extremely sleep inducing nog. Or, um, I know in my experience, uh, if you add Bailey's to hot cocoa, uh, that will pretty much put you under immediately. Um, maybe more so than like NyQuil.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure in at least a few States, they actually sell that as a a sleep aid, not habit for me. So it's got that going for it.
1: It's delicious too.
0: All right. So it is a little habit for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just not, not in the, the chemical way. Uh, let's talk DC United. Uh, we have sad things to talk about. We should just actually let's keep talking about Festivus. That's, that's more fun. Uh, and, and there's a mask on an my episode of Seinfeld. that I can see right now. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, anyway, Nick DeLeon was selected by Toronto FC in the re-entry draft, phase one. They effectively uh, claimed his rights and exercised his contract option, giving him a nice little pay raise for next year. But it won't be in the District of Columbia. He'll be playing in Ontario for the Reds, and I'm sad. I'm I'm even more sad about that than the fact that there's a mouse on my floor right now.
2: It's very sad. Uh, Nick DeLeon has been one of my favorite players his entire time here. He had that electric first season as a winger. Uh, he had that uh, amazing goal in the uh, rescheduled snow game against the New York Red Bulls. And then he became the jackknife player. He played basically everywhere for DC United. He did it without any complaints, it seemed like. And he was effective basically anywhere Ben Olsen wanted to put him. And, I mean, come on, he has a tattoo of a DC United logo on his arm. He he loves the badge. It's It just sucks. I and mean, he still could have been an effective player for DC United next year. They didn't want to lose Nick DeLeon. They wanted to see if they can negotiate him down a little bit, but they didn't want to lose him. They wanted to keep him here. And so all of that together, just make, just, it sucks. He's one of the longest tenured players, the longest continuously tenured player, I believe. Yep. Uh, Bill Hamid has a, has a little more time, but he went somewhere for a while. Uh, So it all sucks. Everything is bad and I hate it. I mean, at least if you had to go Toronto FC, while we'll start to play against him more, I, I kind of like Toronto FC, so that doesn't make it quite as bad as if he had gone somewhere else. But him going anywhere else sucks, and I'm sad about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a tough situation because, you know, the the reporting, I think Paul Tenorio was was the one who had the report that um, De Leon's option was more than just the obligatory 5 to 10%. It was going to take him up above 300,000 and with his knee uh, that's not going to go away with the compressed schedule, especially that becomes a a pretty worrisome um, situation. And I can see United's position in saying, look, we want you back, but we can't afford to pay you, especially with, you know, Luciano Acosta is hopefully going to be signed uh, to a deal. That's your second designated player. Paul Arriola is no longer a young designated player, so that's three, um, which means you don't have a lot of room. We've gone from having no designated players and all the um, benefits and problems of that end of the scale to now potentially having three designated players and having those problems where um, the players that aren't quite at that level get squeezed out a little bit. Um, So I understand DC's position, but at the same time, if you're Nick DeLeon and you're in your late twenties, you only have a couple more contracts left. And if TFC is willing to pay you 300,000 DC is looking to get you down below 200,000, which is, I don't think they would have negotiated over 25 or 50 grand. I think it it had to be a fairly significant pay cut that they were looking for. Um, I see.
0: The number was lower than he, it was disappointing. uh, Mm -hmm. the, The number, where they came with them or came, right. came at him with,
1: which is, you know, I, 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 it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the Perry kitchen situation a couple of years ago where, um, yeah. kitchen's position financially made sense, uh, where for a soccer player on planet earth and DC United's position financially made sense for a team in major league soccer. Mm. And, um, I think TFC is taking a major gamble that his knees are going to hold up and that he's going to be able to play more games than um, he has because TFC is not a team. You know, It's it's interesting because it's not like Colorado coming in for DeLeon and saying we can afford this contract. TFC, we have to assume is going to keep being a team with three designated players, just like DC wants to be a team with three designated players. Um, so their cap situation shouldn't be friendlier to a daily own contract and they pulled the trigger anyway. Um, and they're a club that has more data driven, um, analytics driven decision-making in this sort of thing than a lot of other teams around the league. So obviously you've got to assume that their numbers are saying, yes, this guy's worth the risk, but I think it's fair to say it is a risk for them. Um, it would be really cool if, if daily owns, you know, for him, you know, I, I want the best for him. So, it would be really cool if he actually had a great um, 2019 season for him on a personal level. Uh, It would make DC look pretty bad for not just keeping him. Um, But, you know, that's the risk. That's the, you know, this is a, it's a big gamble on TFC's part. It's a big gamble on DC's part where we'll see who, who gets the uh, payout.
0: One thing I think is interesting is how Nikki might fit. If they if they keep a three man back line, Nikki playing as that right wing back, um, I, I think makes a ton of sense. Especially the way they play up there, um, that might be where what his natural position was all along. Honestly, well, um, and,
1: and, and don't forget for TFC they also play a diamond a lot. So mm-hmm. there's another formation where he slots in on either side of the, of the back four and then on either side of the midfield four. Yeah, so, he can play that yeah. shuttling role. Um, for a team that goes back and forth between formations, a player that can play a bunch of different positions is a big deal. So I, I'm sure that's a big part of what lured them in.
2: You Another know player, crazy? Oh, I'm, I'm just looking at his stats, and since in the last three seasons, he has one assist and one goal in the regular season.
0: In each of them?
2: No, total.
0: Oh, in the regular season?
2: Yeah, in the regular season.
0: Yeah, because he was playing as a central midfielder who didn't really get forward much and as a right back.
2: Yeah. And only had 1,500 minutes last season, 1,000 this season. Yeah. And that really,
0: that's
1: pretty much, de- I, I assume that...
2: that that's the That's figures. the downside, yeah.
1: Yeah, those minutes figures are exactly why DC didn't, uh move to retain him uh in the way that he wanted you know he did he didn't get the offer that he would have liked um you know something that i i thought of um you know de Leon in his career 180 appearances in the regular season and 13 goals but in playoff games in 11 appearances he had four goals and two assists um so obviously a guy with a uh you know that the clutch, the idea of a player being clutch is sort of a myth, but uh certainly he was somebody that was never overawed by a playoff game. It seemed maybe where yeah. other players might not quite have the, um the fortitude that he was always um ready for those big games. And he didn't, he didn't let his performance drop at all. If anything, he might've gotten better.
0: Yeah. Another player DC United will be losing is one that, I think we were all already resigned to uh, seeing depart. And that is Darren Maddox, the Jamaican striker selected by FC Cincinnati in the expansion draft. DC United gets 50,000 in GAM in, in exchange for losing a player that they were had already reportedly said goodbye to. So that, that works they out. did
1: say goodbye. Like, yeah, uh, those were quotes. Those weren't just uh, right. it looks like that was Dave Casper saying, like, yeah, we're going to let him move on. Um, and so
0: that one that one worked out a little bit better. I know uh, a lot of us would have liked to see Maddox stick around uh, as a change of pace to, to Wayne Rooney and see him build on last year. But he wanted more minutes and also was not on a small salary. Uh, so it, it makes sense to see him go somewhere else. And hopefully he uh, has a better pairing with Fernando Addy in Cincinnati than he did in Portland, where Caleb Porter tried to play him on the wing all the time and it never worked. Um, and he showed this year, he he really is a striker. He's a center forward and we'll, we'll see what Cincinnati can do with him.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that they, they took him um, because and they I took him first. They, yeah. They took him straight away. Um, and I feel like, I feel like that was one where it looks like a team that, Maybe they looked at all the permutations of an expansion draft and all the the tactics and strategies that have been used over the year. And they're like, that is complicated. Um, let's just take some dudes that we would like to put on the field. And they did that. And they didn't think twice about the fact that they could have taken somebody else and then also gotten Maddox later. Um, I mean, just, maybe they
2: were maybe they were worried someone was going to take him in the reentry draft because they pick last in the reentry draft, if I remember
1: in the order. I mean, maybe, but they also have the ability to make some deals. They, you know, they could right. have um, finagled away to get. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it's like San Jose was. not Maybe they found out that San Jose was going to take him if they didn't. Um, maybe it's something like that. But you know, it, it seems like they misunderstood the risk reward uh, of the uh, expansion draft. Uh, But, you know, maybe they have, maybe I I honestly, I think they just wanted something very simple and they, they stuck to it.
0: Yeah, they did make one trade uh, in their expansion draft. They drafted Kai Kamara from Vancouver and traded his rights to Colorado. I don't know if, I don't think that automatically activated his option. It's possible. Colorado did. I don't know what the actual status of Kai Kamara is at this point, but that, that was uh, the one like semi tricky thing that FC Cincinnati even tried to do.
1: I was under the impression that it was a trade and sign kind of deal. Like that would as, make sense. Cause I feel like the Rapids announced it as he is signed, not, um, not we've I, got his rights.
2: And I feel like that's what, Kamara was saying too.
0: Okay, that's good. I I've been haven't been paying. It's as Colorado. Close as you're like.
1: forgiven for not paying super close yeah. attention to what the Rapids are doing.
0: I appreciate that.
1: Sorry, Rapids.
0: Sorry, Rapid we're not.
1: Man. Uh, yes, uh, sorry, Rapid Man only.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do people in Colorado wake up and say good morning, Rapid Man, and no one else? I hope I mean, they pro-
1: they probably don't because otherwise the Rapids would be better than they are. <laughs>
0: uh there is a second phase to the Rantry Draft. This one comes with no obligations on the team to uh offer a pay raise or trigger an option year. Um, it's just you get the players' rights, you can invite them as a training camp trialist, you can sign them outright, whatever you want, uh, if you're the team. And uh that will be Thursday, December twentieth in the afternoon. Um and and there's quite a few players available for this. I don't know how many are, uh, are, are real options. This re-entry draft seems to get um, less and less prominent each year, uh, especially with some of the more established players graduating into free agency. Um, well, free agency in quotes because this is MLS, and even free agency has weird things about it, uh, which is why Kai Kamara was in the re-entry draft.
2: Adam, what are you talking about? You could get David Villa in the re-entry <laughs> draft.
0: Do you, should DC United take David Villa, Ben?
2: I mean, when you can get David Villa, you got to take David Villa.
0: You know who should take David Villa? Japan. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> I was going to say Orlando City. I think it would be <laughs> cool to see them selected rights just for no reason.
1: I was thinking more along the lines of uh d c takes david via and then but to actually acquire him uh Talon has to board an airplane and fly to Japan and do battle with the Visel Kobe mascot, which i'm gonna look up now because I've said it and i'm realizing that I don't know what the japan has many, it's many mascots. if it's cheap chiba Chima fighter then uh Talon better go with like a like a brass knuckles or something um but yeah, Japan is like the, the 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 top flight of mascots in the world. Um, it looks like Vizal Kobe's mascot is a, a bull or a moose, some <laughs> sort of animal with horns. The horns might be made of gold. Um,
0: I, I don't know. I think Talon can take this guy. I'm not looking at a picture, but speaking so, on behalf of my new, daughter, I will say gonna, yes, Talon can take
1: him. I'm gonna, especially I, new buff Talon. I'm going to make sure you guys can see it so that you, that we can have this important discussion um, you can Be informed on this. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you to. He, he oh yeah. That guy. I don't yeah, that, that think he's too that's much of a, a very
0: cutesy. Yeah. He seems like a
1: guy that is not prepared
2: to get punched in the face by Talon.
0: That is, <laughs> I was going to say Talon, that is a mascot. That's not
2: ready for a soccer punch. Yeah. I could see Talon just like scorpion kicking that guy. I mean,
1: the thing is like, I don't think Talon goes around beating people up left and right um but i don't think he doesn't do that (laughs) yeah yeah, calen has been putting in time at the gym for some reason and i feel like (laughs) the viso kobe mascot looks more like you're like oh and a fellow mascot how's it going and that would be his 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 or her default response at all times um right so i want to
0: when when i think of japan and i hear kobe i think of beef so that makes sense for the 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 bull mascot However, so th- th- are they just? Are you? Are you, you saying? Are you, so, wait, wait,
2: wait. Cows?
0: you think beef, not living cows? Is this mascot going to the slaughter? Like, yeah, not, you're saying that, that they're killing comes? their
2: mascot and eating it. Th- that's him? what
0: I'm asking. That that that. I'm not saying. I'm well, still no! I, I'm just gonna say
1: like th- this guy. This is a mascot with some pretty spindly arms and legs. Yeah. Um. This, I think this, this is more this of is a. Ready. Yeah. Like maybe this is a very
0: young bull. Um, oh God, we're we're having veal on this podcast now.
1: Or or talent is beating up a child bull. Um, <laughs> All right, let's move on get B. ourselves
0: into trouble. <laughs> who? It, too late that that ship sailed. It's it's in Japan now. <laughs> this is who we are. <laughs> yeah. quickly, Jason, because we have a very long second segment ahead of us. I think. Um, is there anybody in the re-entry draft <laughs> phase two? that you would like to see united select
1: um just scrolling through it's a long list of mostly shrug players but you know, know you're excited Campbell, about i wrote yeah. about him in the first uh in the in the stage one piece that i wrote um last week um i still i i like i like the idea of pursuing ariel lassiter but the fact that they didn't take him on a um a uh, senior minimum means they are probably not going to pick him up uh, now because if they weren't ready for senior minimum, there is nowhere else to go. Um, yeah, it's it's Mountain United. It's not the best list in the world, I've got to say. Uh, maybe you know Tommy McNamara is out there. Uh, if if but if you see someone like him or um, Louis Solignac or Michael Delu, those guys are all available. If you see DC take one of those guys, it means that Yamil Assad's chances of coming back have gotten much worse. So, you know, those guys aren't bad players, but do you really want any of them and not Yamil Assad? I would say no. Um, yeah, there's just not, there's not a lot out there. I'll get further into it on the site,
2: but no, no Josh Yarrow for emergency fullback depth. Uh, No, uh, you
1: know, if we brought our uh, friends from the brotherly game on, they'll tell you that Josh Earl's career has not gone uh, the way that it was supposed to. Um, yeah, There's just, you know, as Adam said, this process is getting less and less useful. And this, this year is making that especially clear. I mean, maybe toast St. Ricketts as a dirt cheap uh, Darren Maddox replacement, but also a lesser Darren Maddox replacement. There's not much here though.
0: Ricketts much more comfortable with a a bench role, I, I think. It's it seems so, yeah. That's what he's been doing for Toronto. But
1: then you need, if I'm not mistaken, you'd need an international spot, which uh, yeah is a different problem. So
2: make all these players free agents. That would be nice.
0: I mean they they do become free agents if they uh, go through the the reentry draft un selected right. uh the issue is they they've gone through the re- re-entry draft unselected which means there's not a market for them <laughs> right uh, so they are out of demand free agents at that point um but you know they could catch on somewhere uh this is maybe something we'll, for the we'll next uh,
1: collective bargaining agreement uh battle which is not too far in the future um yeah. where we might see mls players push for more free agency than just the extremely limited version that they pretty much, they pretty much put all their eggs in that basket last time.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was just, I think it's been well documented since then that that was just, they took what they could get on free agency. No American sports union had ever gotten free agency exclusively through collective bargaining. It was always a court that Mm -hmm. did it. And that would mean challenging the entire structure and trying to overturn precedent potentially. Um, on MLS's quasi- single entity structure, and it, it was much easier just to take the the limited w of free agency for very experienced players who have been in MLS for a long time and trying to build on it from there. Um, which I think is I, I can see the merits of that strategy rather than trying to fight uh, an expensive court battle, especially with the without the NFL players union footing the bill this time around. Which they did the first time. So I, I, I see why the players took that option, even if it meant leaving some money on the table in the short term. Anyway, I think that's it for the re entry draft. That, we, that skirted very quick, uh, very close to uh, legal advice. It was not legal advice, it was the legal More, description. For for us, that was
1: much closer to actual legal advice than pretty much anything we've ever said.
2: My legal advice
1: is
0: reading that a lot was of legal Mickey advice. Turner's. I've been reading a lot of Mickey Turner lately. So uh, at the athletic and on Twitter, follow him soccer Esquire uh, on, on Twitter. He's very good and informative uh, follow. Anyway, that's it for us in this segment. We will be right back with possibly the longest cake or death segment of all time. This is filibuster. Hey, Ben. Um, you wouldn't say this is a hostile work environment, would you? You can tell uh, me.
2: Depends. I mean, well, I should ask you. I mean, is are goats hostile?
0: Uh, I think goats are, are hostile. I think that they are secretly trying to take over the world. But but if this were a hostile work environment, or if I were trying to steal your wages, or or do something else oh, nefarious, you are. in a, I'm really not. Uh, but in a workplace environment, you know who to call, right? Because you live in the District of Columbia or Northern Virginia. Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. It is time now for an epic edition of Cake or Death. This is our annual season review, where we go player by player through the roster and uh, decide whether we want to give cake and invite the player back for next year, or death, which is not actual death, but uh, w-
1: this is those are the
0: players. <laughs> those are the players we would prefer not to have. Back on DC United next year. We we started this uh, in our last full episode a couple weeks ago, got through the first, I think, four guys on the roster. Tonight, we're doing 13. We are doing a full 11 plus two subs. We're not doing the unused sub that Ben Olson always has left over at the end of the game. Um, any thoughts before we get started?
1: Uh, I, I hope we have the endurance to get through it
0: i really i do too i had eggnog so i might fall asleep (laughs) partway through this we'll see i got some Um,
2: more delicious uh diet dr pepper so i should be good to go
0: uh, all right Ben's
2: gonna drag us across the finish line
0: (laughs) forrest gump running uh first name up steven birnbaum center back got back into uh, a better form this year especially in the aerial side uh easy cake
2: yeah, I definitely would give uh, Stephen Birnbaum a goat. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to see him get called back to the U.S. national team. I hope so, because I think he can be a fringe national team player. Um, but for this team, he's an obvious starter. He we, uh, we obviously want him to stick around. And with a certain partner, he could they could possibly just dominate the air. Uh, they did that when Bobby Boswell was here, and they could find someone... Uh, like that, or even better. So obvious cake for, or obvious goat. Excuse me for Steven Birnbaum.
0: Ha! You said it. Uh, I, I,
1: for Birnbaum, I'm gonna go with. Uh, we're recording this. I think two days after he got married. So congratulations to him. And uh, I would wedding say cake. give him a, a goat that also just got married. Uh, via whatever the goat process for that is. Um, wedding cake I, is the more. Ob- <sighs> no, it. Adam, the game is goat or fox. It's not. Um, and it foxes, Foxes, as we all know, foxes do not get
0: married uh, <laughs> under any circumstances. So <laughs> another reason that they're on the bad side of this. Uh, <laughs> there are so many fox. We're, we're going to go back to mascots here. There are so many fox mascots in MLS that I feel like yeah, some of them should be married. No,
1: check their fingers. No rings, um, because that's how foxes work. Hey, maybe um, they
0: don't subscribe to hey, your customs, dude.
1: No, that this is a this is a science fact about foxes. Uh, they are resistant to, to marriage. Um, but yeah, Uh, Burnbaum was. Uh, I mean, it was a welcome. I think a welcome return to form. Um, the data backed up the eye test, which was that he was just playing much better soccer. Um, as I wrote when I I wrote our uh, article about this on the site. I thought he handled the leadership uh, situation extremely well because it was, it was a series of potential pitfalls. It wasn't just one thing that could have tripped him up. Um, the fact that he went from captain to the guy that gets the armband on game day but not officially the team captain anymore to when Rooney arrived, then Rooney was given the captaincy. All of those things could have tripped him up. I mean, I think I've said on this show before, I'm not a big... Um, a big advocate for turning the captain's armband into this incredibly important thing, but it can get into players' heads. It can throw them off. And he did not look put off by any of that. Uh, A a lot was asked of him in terms of character and he held up. Um, The defense was better despite playing a more aggressive style, uh, despite newcomers all around, despite three different players getting uh, starts in goal this year. Um, so yeah, he he really came back to what I think we should be able to expect of him going forward.
0: Yeah, I think the test for him uh, on the U.S. national team will probably be how he does passing the ball and with the ball at his feet because mm-hmm. in years past, he's had a propensity to go long quickly, which has been true of all D.C. United center backs. And I, I think that might change in some situations going forward um, with the way United might want to play with Wayne Rooney up top, for instance. Um, I I think we'll have to see, but I I think that might be, especially with so many skilled center backs on the younger side in the U.S. setup. I think that that could be uh, a test for him on, on that front, but I'm more concerned with his defending and it was better this year. Uh, His partner for much of the year, Frederick Briant is next on our list. Uh, The Frenchman came down from NYCFC and I think I don't know if polarizing was the, is the right word. I think a lot of opinions about him are, were were ambivalent. Um, people are of two minds. He was, he was pretty good at the end of the year. He was not very good for, for stretches otherwise. Um, Jason, what are you giving to Frederick Briand?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to pull up his um, salary figure because it's escaping me at the the moment. Um, so I'm just going to talk for a moment while I find it. There it is. Um, yeah, Brian's uh, uh, guaranteed salary this year was $0.04 cents under $300,000, mm. um, which is pretty expensive for a player at his age. Um, I wouldn't have a problem bringing him back at a lower price point but if this is the price tag or or if even it comes with the generally obligatory small raise, um, then I would definitely understand if United were looking elsewhere. Um, but you know, in a, I think our, our general focus in these has been to sort of put aside, um, costs and whatnot, um, as best you can. Um, in that rationale, I would say goat, but you know, if he's starting next year, then this offseason was maybe a letdown.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I am as well. He it's a little too much to pay for a backup. I would I wouldn't mind a, a trade, I think, especially if there is a a better center back coming in to partner with Burnbaum, but it, it might be that those reinforcements don't come till the summer and so we need briant to start for the first part of the year i don't know um but based on his play at the end of the year when united were at their best um especially on the defensive side of things uh i i'm willing to give him another year i say cake with a a mild asterisk
2: uh, I'm going to go Fox. I think the salary number is a little high. I think, uh, I mean, I'm a Jalen Robinson stand. And so if we're going to have a backup, I'd rather it be Jalen Robinson for price point and for uh home-grown-edness, Cause they obviously have to bring somebody new in, especially with Kofi Aparre being hurt and not guaranteed to come back. Um, they're going to have to do something. So I think that uh, they're going to have to do something with his salary. I mean, I know we sometimes uh, uh, don't look at it, but I mean, with Assad's trying to fit Assad under the cap, I think this may be a spot where you can free up a little bit of money. And so for all of those reasons, all tied up together, I'm I'm going Fox.
0: Nick DeLeon is next. Uh, We talked about him in the first segment. I am, I'm sad. I want him to have all the cake and he will have, you know, whatever kind of cake they prefer in Canada. Um, I'm still sad about this guys.
2: I'll send him a, a goat with a DC United logo uh, sweater on to remind him of, of us. And maybe someday we can have him back in some, some role or another.
0: If if you love something, set it free.
2: That's not what I said at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what
0: I said
1: yeah I mean, I think uh had we the opportunity to uh, extend a goat, uh, I think I would have had no problem uh for for de Leon. but uh you know the economics we talked about it before, i I'm not entirely surprised at the outcome. maybe the the final re, uh, landing spot for him, but not uh the fact that he was selected by someone. I thought that was a fairly significant chance of that happening.
0: Russell Knauss is next uh, defensive midfielder hurt for the first part of the year, um, came in in the second half and just locked it down. Uh, I mentioned the improved defense down the stretch and I, I think center back play had something to do with it. I think Russell Knauss and the shift to a, a double pivot had, had a, a really big, uh, a lot to do with the improved defense as well. Um, they, the kid needs to be getting national team looks. It's it's cake and it's not a difficult decision.
1: Uh yeah. Um Greg Barhalter, if you're listening to this show, uh call Russell Canals up. Uh I would give him a goat wearing a men's national team jersey.
2: I mean, yeah, Kana is probably one of the easiest uh on this list. He's on a decent salary for now. Uh He's great. He helped turn around this team. I'd say just as much as Wayne Rooney. Uh, Yeah, hopefully we can lock him down for years to come, but I could also see him going back abroad in a year or two, especially if he gets some national team minutes and trying his luck there again. But until he does all the, all the, all the goats in the world for him.
0: Next up, Kevin Ellis, uh, fullback center back did not play much for United this year. Came in mid season is kind of an emergency right fullback backup because that was the year that we had at, at the fullback spot. Um, what do you guys think for, for Kevin else who I think his only start came in the friendly against, um, who was it? Olympia Olympia. I was going to say Marathon, but I, I knew that was wrong. Uh,
1: I think as of now, with uh, with O'Neal Fisher out for a long time and Nick DeLeon uh, having been uh, selected and, and taken from us by those greedy Reds, um, I think you have to at least take that into consideration. Right now, right back would be... Um, would be probably played by Jalen Robinson, who we've talked multiple times about how he's not really a right back
0: or Paul um, Areola.
1: Yeah. Which Uh-oh. Ben, Ben is probably has squeezed his glass of Dr. Pepper so hard that it, it was crushed in his hands. Yep. Um, you know, at Ellis makes a fairly high price point for what you're getting uh, a little over 150,000. Uh, but on the other hand, um, when he was in Chicago, I thought he did a pretty decent job playing right back full time. Um, Velko Panovich is a weirdo and makes weird choices and was like, not, not only did he want to move on from him, but straight up cut him loose, which was bizarre. Um, and they ended up with like random rookie wingers playing right back because they didn't know what else to do. um, I think as of now, I would say GOAT, but it's definitely a a GOAT that's qualified on is another, you know, if they sign another right back, then maybe not.
0: Yeah, it's... Go ahead,
1: Ben.
2: I just need to jump in and say, Fox, not for anything that has to do with Kevin Ellis, but because on MLSsoccer.com, apparently they claim that Kevin Ellis's nickname is Danny Alves, and that cannot be possible, so... I, I give him, goat f- I give him Fox just for that.
0: Now, see now I'm torn. Cause I think the circumstantial cake argument um, makes a lot of sense. I think United need to sign uh, someone to, to compete with Fisher or, or if Fisher comes back less than he was um, someone to, to hold that position. Um, so, so I'll, I'll say death and, and best of luck to, to Kevin Ellis. I think the next couple names are, are going to be a little bit easier. They're, they're, they're more in the line with um, the, the Knaus. Chris Durkin, teenager, homegrown, defensive midfielder, good player, can pick a pass. Easy
2: kick. Yeah, yeah. easy goat for Chris Durkin, especially since uh, Russell Knaus and Junior Moreno might be gone uh, for the Gold Cup this summer. And, well... No, not Or gone for tournaments this summer, at the very least. Um, So we are going to need Chris Durkin. He might be gone, too, for the U-20 World Cup, but that's at a different time a little bit. So we're going to need cover, and he's really good. He's only going to get better. He's a homegrown player. He's a Richmond native. So Chris Durkin all the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one's about as easy as they get. There's not... I mean, the only real justification you could have for giving Fox here is by urging a sale. Um, Mm -hmm. There's certainly no reason to be like... I mean, I don't think I've ever encountered in all of our experience getting the breadth of opinions that are in the fan base. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being like, Chris Durkin is bad and should be let go. Um, I think, if anything, it's more of a range of how good is Chris Durkin rather than anyone thinking there's a problem there. Um, I think... You know, if we hear tell of an offer in the Andy Nahar range, then okay, fine. Um, But until that date comes, I think um, you keep him, uh, Goat for sure. And, you know, we might see him play a little center back this year. I'll I'll throw that in because right now, you know, Opari's injured, possibly not coming back. Briant's a very expensive player and uh, no one else. There's no one else uh, coming in yet. So look out.
0: Yeah, I know there were a couple of games. I think the maybe the Minnesota game, he, he started at uh, central midfield or, or or came in at central midfield and then shifted back to uh, center back while the team was really pushing for a goal. And then late in the game, went back to defensive mm-hmm. midfield. It was some tactical flexibility that he provides because he can play both positions and play them pretty well. So I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more of him at, at center back. Uh, Bill Hamid is next. Bill Hamid. Bill, Bill Hamid. My kids love that chant. It's awesome. Um, ben, you want to do the honors for this one?
2: Goat. I mean, yeah. He's Bill F. And Hamid. He outplayed <laughs> uh, Osted by a lot. Uh, helped turn the team team around as well. I think third behind Rooney and uh, Knauss coming back. And... Uh, and also Lucho reinventing himself, but, and he sneakily, we were looking at the stats uh, in our Slack. He's sneakily had even a better season than many of us remember just looking at it. He was really good again this year uh, after he came back. And as long as, again, as long as he's willing to stay uh, and he's here through all for all of next year on loan, uh, definitely go. Cake,
0: cake, cake, give the man cake.
1: Yeah, this one's extremely easy. Um, I assume that once United clears the raft of difficult decisions they have this winter, um, once the season gets going, we'll probably start hearing about Dave Casper trying to hammer down a permanent return. Um, he is still on loan from FC Michelin. Um, his salary, uh, because of the prorated nature of it uh, for 2018, was his guaranteed salary is only 93000 Um, that's going to go up, but you know, it's worth it. It's Bill Hamid. Um, he's one of the few goalkeepers in the league that can single-handedly keep you in a game. And that's nice. Yeah. That's, that's a thing to be happy about.
2: Do you remember what the rumors were that what they were offering him when he left like 300 ish?
1: I think it
0: might've been more than that.
1: I think it was more than that. I think it was the kind of thing where he would have had to be offered a um, possibly a designated player deal or something, or, a, very or close a just to
2: or a just under designated player,
1: right? Like some sort of tam tam level yeah. contract. Um. Yeah. So yeah, th- you know that might be the case again. You know, I don't know how how much has changed since he, um, went to Europe and came back. But uh, you know, whatever the the price tag here, I think is probably going to be worth it. Uh, I don't know that Hamid is going to be sitting around demanding, um tim howard money yeah so uh, certainly not tim howard money um you have to go to europe and age terribly uh to get tim (laughs) howard money um and he hasn't done that it doesn't rust but it it certainly does fall apart
0: (laughs) next up o'neill fisher uh right back he's injured to to start the year um next year but came in early in the year um forced to play out of position at left back, left a lot of people pretty underwhelmed. And then once he got over to his natural position at right back, started to come into things, started to come into things and turn into a really reliable, important contributor on the team, uh, pairing up with Paul Areola on that right side, able to, to overlap and... You you hear the cliche about players just playing within themselves, and that's what O'Neill Fisher figured out how to do. He didn't try to do too much. He recycled possession um, when the ball would come out there, just act as an extra outlet high up the field, and helped the attack just by by being there and not turning the ball over. Um, I, it the injury sucks, it does, and it makes this a question, and I, I don't don't know that it would have been a question if he had finished the season healthy. So Jason, you can start it off. Uh,
1: for me, this one's not too complicated. I'm saying goat. Um, Fisher does not make a lot of uh, money against the cap. His he's basically on the senior roster minimum. Um, the fact is that uh, he was looking very good uh, at the very end of his uh, season. Um, you know, at that price point, you don't really have to worry. I mean, you, you might have to worry about, you know, is he going to be content going back to being second choice as he was in Seattle, which is why he was even available when he showed up here, he was second choice until DeLeon got hurt. Um, So that side of things, he, I don't know if he's going to be entirely pleased about it, but it's also, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have, a starter a capable starter as your backup at a position so um, and he's not
2: going to have much of a choice with the injury at least not for next season
1: right I, i mean you know there's always the chance of some you know team doing like in atlanta and remember atlanta took uh zach lloyd in the expansion draft and zach lloyd did not play again i don't think he ever actually formally retired but i don't see him ever coming back unfortunately um But yeah, outside of somebody saying we're willing to take Fisher and just wait for his return in June or July, um, which seems very unlikely to me. um, Yeah, I think he's he's a player you take and uh, or you keep around and uh, it shouldn't be too complicated.
2: Yeah, they were going to have to get some competition back up competition uh, for him anyways uh, with Nick DeLeon leaving. Yeah. even without the injury. And so now with the injury, they're definitely going to have to get some, uh, competition for him. So it's not Jalen Robinson or Paul Areola at right back. So I think that's the, obviously I would prefer him to be healthy and competing against someone to bring out, uh, the best in both of them. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to find somebody much better at that price point at that position, a position of need Uh, so you, you, you take it and wait for him to come back and then sign him and hope he helps the team down the road in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. You give him cake, um, and, and you nurse that injury back to health, um, and hope that he comes back a hundred percent because he, he, he didn't shred his knee, but he came damn close to uh basically severing every connection that's in there. And um that that's tough. That's a an uphill climb for recovery. And hopefully O'Neill can can do it. Next on the list, Ian Harks, son of John Harks, uh homegrown player, Wake Forest product, um played in central midfield and just not a lot of room for him. He's got ability. He he was was he he was the the Herman award winner in college. And it, it wasn't a close race if I remember correctly. Um, but he played a lot more as a rookie than he did last year for United. Um, he's got a British passport so he can go overseas, um, and catch on there. And, and it sounds like that's the likely road. It sounds like United and he have, have already parted ways, so he won't be back. But Jason, if you had your druthers, would he be?
1: Um probably not for the exact same reasons that he's not coming back now. Um I think Ian Harks is a really good player. I like his game overall. Um but he's not going to play over Canales or Moreno or Durkin. Um he's not really a number 10 so he doesn't really fit in as Acosta's backup. Um not to mention the fact that If United signs a proper Darren Maddox replacement, then Lucho's backup is just dropping Rooney into that spot and playing the new forward. Um, So there's not, there's nowhere for him to go. Um, There's no room for him. He's just never going to play. And as much as um, it's, you know, I just said, it's great to have a starter caliber backup on your bench. Um, Is Ian Hark's really well suited for playing for Loudon most of the time and occasionally popping up on the 18. I mean, he was barely making the 18, uh, for most of the back half of the season. So, um, it's, it's a reluctant Fox for me. I, I think he's still a good player. This is just the one, the one position that it's not good to be. If you're a DC United player who isn't canals or Moreno or Durkin.
0: Yeah. He, his style didn't quite fit mm-hmm. with, with where United ended up, um, if he if he can play on a team that's not at all direct, that that just wants to to pass the ball around, you know, a lot, he, he could do I think he could do pretty well there because that's that's seems to be more where he's suited. Um but he's gonna have to have a ball winner next to him and potentially have a more creative outlets to to actually make the goals happen but uh, as a facilitator he can be very very good and and help help a team a lot it's just not going to be this team so i agree with you death but like, I, I, a good death
2: i i just really wish they could have kept him around especially for this summer like we like I well i mentioned before there's going to be a lot of central midfielders missing this summer and i feel like he could have come in and gotten Eight ten 10 starts for this team uh, through injuries and absences and rotation, and then spent the rest of the time in Loudon. Uh, maybe that's not what he wants. And if he, if that's not what he wants, then uh, a good fortune to him wherever he goes. But uh, I kind of wish they had found a way to let him stick around and uh, cause there's going to be, There's going to be need for like, we have a lot of central midfielders day to day, but I feel like there's going to be need this summer in particular for some extra central midfielders.
0: Speaking of central midfielders, Jared Jeffrey is next and we only have three more to go after this one. So we're doing good guys. Uh, Jared Jeffrey is, has been with United for a good long while now. Um, Came over what? 2013
1: yeah twenty want to say
0: yeah and yeah,
1: in the the middle of the season and immediately yeah. was one of the better players on that team, yeah, he and Connor Doyle both
0: um arrived then and Luis
2: Silva, right
0: mm-hmm. yeah um man, this time is weird. it's been a long time uh, <laughs> Luis been Silva doing this a long way. time Luis Silva by the way, available in the reentry draft. adam that might be it might seem like 2013 was
1: a longer time ago uh actually for both of you um than others because this was before your children were born
0: yeah it is
1: (laughs) yep this is like a whole different era of of history
0: yes i'm just gonna sit here and, and think on it for a little while uh but jared jeffrey's been with dc united for a while hasn't gotten a ton of playing time in in very recent years um but but seems to just keep trucking along and coming back and and being a good teammate and popping up from time to time on the 18 um so ben cake or death for for jared jeffrey
2: i say fox for the dc united mls team but if he wants to pull like a lewis neal did for uh orlando city and like Captain uh, Loudon United. I think that would be a perfectly... I'd love to keep him around the organization. Uh, if that's not what he... Again, if that's not something he wants to do, then good fortune. But I think... He could stick around as a depth guy just uh, just for those summer games if Ian Harks isn't coming back. But... I think he could also be really useful in instructing all of the academy kids. They're likely to sign to Loudoun County, teaching them how to act like a professional on and off the field.
0: Yeah, I think if he didn't have the ability to act like a professional, he he would have been gone um, by now. He he oh, wouldn't yeah. have kept coming back on a Ben Olson team. Um, so That's why I he can
2: instruct the, uh, the 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 children.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't mind him, him coming back, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll withhold judgment until Jason has his say.
1: Okay. I'm going to go in the role Ben is talking about. I've actually been reading up on exactly how this whole thing is going to work with having a USL affiliate. Um, There's something called a standard USL loan agreement. These are the guys that are on MLS contracts whose deals are paid by mls and by or i i assume i assume that you could have a designated player on one of these though it would be very weird to see them shuttle back and (laughs) forth but these are the guys that are on an mls roster but are also um full-time allowed to just show up and play for the usl affiliate um so these are those guys that bounce back and forth as as the team needs
2: so like Um, the the players who are with the kickers kind of
1: yeah um this would be like travis Warrow would have been on a standard usl loan agreement is is the formal term that they have come up with because everything has to have a very complicated name um so yeah i think if you sign him to one of those uh and he's probably mostly playing for loudon but you know as ben talked about there's that period of time where um canals might get called in for the gold cup durkin is almost certainly going to be in may uh May and part of June with the, uh, under 20 world cup, um, junior Moreno, there will be a FIFA window in there because of course there's all, there's always a FIFA window. Um, you have to assume Venezuela will call him in and they seem to play friendlies when they don't play in Venezuela. It seems like they play far away. I think their last ones were in Japan and the middle East. Um, Isn't there a because, America? uh, I believe there is at some point. Um, it's too much it's too much soccer next summer um we're lucky that that the women's national team can't call up any dc united players because they probably would um
2: although not a subject for this uh podcast this particular episode but wowza how bad the end of usl is getting hit just all across the league oh yeah uh
1: don't even get me started um but uh yeah um if if Jeffrey is shuttling back and forth and has the responsibility Ben's talking about of you know helping mold uh, future professionals, some of these academy players that are going to be on what's uh, the USL Academy contract where they're not homegrown players, their NCAA eligibility is still intact. I think having a player like Jeffrey around in the same game day squad would be very valuable to players like that. Um, so I think there are a lot of positives to him. And also the fact that You can plug him in uh, and get maybe not outstanding playoff caliber starter play, but certainly not the fall off of like, oh, what do we do for defensive midfield this week? We're just going to have to ask somebody to fill in there. Um, So, yeah, I'm inclined to keep him around if the the price tag isn't going up and, and that sort of thing is not in place. But, you know. I could also see you know if United needs that roster spot, that senior roster spot for somebody else then
2: or if he wants to retire and go into the business world or something
1: sure um then you know you move on and it's not um it's not really this big problem, whereas you know some of the other problems United has this off season are are more complicated um but if he wants to stick around and it seems like he probably does, i think um it's at least that's the vibe I've gotten recently and then
0: yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. I, it's weird that we're all kind of coming down on that same side. Like, sure. Why not? But at the same time, he, he doesn't play for, for the first team. And I think the addition of, of Loudon, uh, does affect the calculus and that that's what we're all kind of basing our decision on. But, um, I'll be the hall of fame voter that that goes against unanimity and and say death just to, so that we can get something more productive for the first team in that roster spot.
1: I I mean, I I guess I do that. does kind of give me a second idea here, which I'll build off of what you're saying is that um, let's say Loudon's initial squad happens to be chock full of central midfielders Um, in you know, when we talk about the potential for homegrown players being signed, maybe second or third on that list is uh, Moses Nyamon from, uh, I want to say he's on the EU, U18s u for, for the academy at, at this point. Um, I don't have that up in front of me, but um, that's where he plays. Um, we've also seen most teams use most of their USL international spots on these, you know, players from abroad that we've never even heard of that are flyers. And it could be that they end up, uh stumbling into a couple central midfielders and at that point you know are you starting jeffrey over those guys because those guys need those minutes um probably not but we don't know who those guys are going to be we don't know, you know that's a, an alternate future i guess that we haven't uh, come across yet
0: the future is i mean those those are good problems to have right well, it's um, better than just guess, not
1: having a place to develop those guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe not better if you're Jared Jeffrey, but you know, we'll, we'll see next on the list, a USL product, Dane Kelly, uh striker, Jamaican international uh, was the 2017 USL goals leader. Golden boot winner came to DC United, scored a goal against Olympia. And that, that was about it. Didn't, didn't see a lot of the field. Um, Three minutes. So the
1: MLS minutes.
0: Yeah, knowing that we we do need more strikers on the roster and better strikers on the roster, I'm still gonna say death here. Um, he didn't didn't bring it. Um, he th- there are lots of players who are really really good at the USL level who don't fit in MLS or or with at least with certain teams in MLS, and Kelly doesn't seem to fit with DC United, so. Uh, I say cut him loose.
2: Yeah, I mean, DC United took Rob Vincent, who was a big goal scorer in USL, and he was by far more effective as a defensive midfielder uh, in his time in MLS. So, yeah, I, I think I'm also – I think I'm with Adam. I think I'm Fox for Dane Kelly, even though they do need a lot of depth. Hopefully, they can start developing that depth – at Loudon County, and then start instead of sign, taking flyers on random USL people, or not random, but players that haven't developed in their system. Hopefully, they can start building that pipeline, uh, and I think they'll be able to find somebody to replace to be the last uh, forward on the on the depth chart. Not too difficultly.
1: Uh, I think we can make this one unanimous. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm going Fox here. Um, I think that the issue for Kelly is that, um, he's not like a lesser version of Wayne Rooney, but he's also not a lesser version of Darren Maddox. I think he's pretty much just a goal poacher. Um, he doesn't have the kind of speed that, or aerial presence or any physical attribute that where you're like, okay, this is going to worry defenses. He also doesn't have the um, technical attributes to particularly be worrying. He's a guy that gets into promising positions and scores, but he's not necessarily creating for anyone else. He's not opening up a ton of space for anyone else. Um, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's a good fit for what DC United does these days uh, in that position. Um, I think Dan Kelly needs a forward partner. Uh, I think if you played him alongside Wayne Rooney, uh, you might have something, but I mean, you know, with all due respect, if you played me along of Wayne Rooney, I could probably get a goal at some point. Um, so first of all, Dave Casper, if you're listening, give me a call. Uh, I've got the, the proper equipment. Um, <laughs> I, I can report to training quickly. Um, but if, if you're interested in someone that can score more than just like Wayne Rooney kicks the ball in a way that hits me and goes and gets it to go in the goal, like a trick shot in pool, um, then you probably want, uh, a different option. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's a similar situation with, with Kelly. I mean, he's just, it looks to me like maybe his goal scoring figures with Reno, uh, in 2017 were more a function of. That Reno team scored 75 goals as a group. Uh, they set a record for team goal scoring, and I think maybe um, being a goal poacher in that scenario is a really good thing for for him. Uh, but that's not what DC United needs out of their their striker. So uh, Fox,
0: uh, we mentioned Darren Maddox. He's next. Uh, we we mentioned we talked about him earlier. So um, just very quickly, um, if you. Had the opportunity to bring him back, Ben, would you want Maddox back?
2: Yes, because I mean, I know he well, the thing is, he wouldn't be happy as the second for as the the reserve forward. But if we could divorce that and just look at how he plays, then yes, I would. But I think I've talked myself into Fox just because he wouldn't be happy in that role. So that might affect his play.
0: Jason.
1: Uh, I would, I would say goat. Um, I find myself thinking, well, what, what is the player I would imagine replacing Darren Maddox? And it's essentially Darren Maddox. Um, I like the idea that he is a different style of player from Wayne Rooney. Um, and I think that's the kind of player United should be looking to replace him with. Um, I would take on the challenge of trying to manage him in terms of the psychology of it rather than roll your dice, because you know you can't just it's not like football manager you can type in a few attributes and get a list of guys that actually do that that are proven in your league um so i think he's going to be very tricky to replace so i would i would have preferred keeping him
2: well and now i'm retalking myself back into just <laughs> because of how ridiculous next year's schedule is going to be and how yeah that's where i was going to go to be So actually I'm I'm revising and and revising and extending my remarks to goat.
0: I I was also going to say cake. Um, I, I think especially with the schedule congestion with the shorter regular season to, so they can fit all of the playoffs in during November or early November or October and November. Um, I, I think he, he would have been really useful for the team. Uh, good luck to him in Cincinnati. Um, I would have liked to have him back, but that's not in the cards. Another guy I would like to have back. That's not in the cards is Taylor Kemp left back, announced his retirement last month after missing, you know, a little over a year, uh, with, with various injuries, um, and surgeries that, that didn't solve those injuries, at least not on the soccer level. Um, he seems to be able to live his life. He went on a six-week pilgrimage from southern France to the northwestern tip of Spain, um, and and seems to be enjoying it, like it.
1: He just finished that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it's been about six weeks, and it's that's okay. how long it's supposed to take. So, um, good for him. He made it, um, but he he hasn't played since August of 2017. Um, I, I think he 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 was able to finish the game. He got the injury in or it happened in training or after that or something, but he did go 90 minutes in his last appearance. Um, a player who improved, I think year over year, almost every year, he would fix some aspect of his game that needed improvement, whether it was actually defending, whether it was, um, the ability to dribble in the open field, um, or, or to connect passes at a s- slightly higher rate than, really really low percentages which he had for a while um so i i would have liked to give him cake uh to have him come back especially since left fullback is still not super deep with with joseph mora and no one else at that position but he's moved on to to other things it's not in the cards i still would have given him cake
2: yeah i definitely would have given him cake he's a quality MLS starter when he's, when he was at his best and the team has tried to replace him. Uh, Joseph Morrill looks promising, but he's not shooter and I'm going to miss shooter.
1: Uh, yeah, I would definitely say go uh, for camp. Um, you know, it feels like he's been around forever. But he would still be, um, he would still have several years left in his career if not for this injury. Um, you know, it's you know, kind of forcing his hand. I I assume I haven't spoken to him about it, but it seems like that's the case. That, um, you know, it's it. You have a hip injury that is vague, it it uh, vaguely uh, defined. It sort of changed to three or four different things over time. That's never a good sign. Then those are the kind of things that don't go away. Um, so I'm glad that he's made the decision that maybe makes sense for him. Um, it seems like he's still in good enough health where he can w- do all that walking, which is good because, you know, play a couple more years and maybe he can't ever make that trip. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a big plus for him that he's c- maybe not going out on his own terms, but at least going out while there's still something left, uh, of him, um, But yeah, United definitely could use a player of his caliber challenging Joseph Mora for that uh, left back role, especially with, you know, O'Neal Fisher, again, won't be back till sometime in the summer. Nick DeLeon's playing for TFC Um, left back on this roster right now is Joseph Mora is the depth chart. Um, Yeah, I mean, the next the next best or the next most experienced left back on the entire roster in MLS, at least is uh, Steve Birnbaum, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that's, you know, that's not, that's not what you want. Um, so yeah, it's it's left back is sneaky high on the shopping list. And, uh, it would not be if, if Kemp were still able to play.
0: So that's it for, for this episode, we made it. I did not fall asleep.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. That it was an accomplishment. I think
1: I feel like we traveled almost as far as Taylor Kemp did. (laughs)
0: <laughs> almost not quite not not quite in our let's see how long has it been uh 45 minutes of of this segment um we did not quite make it all the way across spain but you know we at least got as far as barcelona which is very close to france
2: i would have ju- just gotten lost eating all that delicious ham
0: It's a good way to go ben Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah, I'm going to go think on that. Uh thank you all for listening. Uh find us on blackandredunited.com, support us financially at patreon.com/filibuster if you're so inclined. If funding my ham trip. <laughs> We're not taking any ham trips with the money, I promise but I mean, if you I make want, no such promises, if you want us to, and you give us a lot of money to take a ham trip, we will take the ham trip and we will record while we're there. It'll be awesome. It'll be the best podcast ever. Um, find us on Twitter at filibuster, DCU at black and red. You send your emails to filibuster podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly though, just tell a friend about the show when you're talking about soccer. Um, because that's the best way to spread the word. Thanks again for listening for Ben and Jason. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason.
1: I would bet the rent on Talon beating up the Vissell Kobe mascot.